When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is brought to you by Shelter Insurance, recently ranked highest in customer satisfaction among auto insurers in the central region four out of five years in a row by J.D. Power. Shelter Insurance, we're your shield, we're your shelter. And by Socket. Socket Fiber is now available. The fastest, most reliable internet combined with local service and simple billing. Contact Socket today for voice, data, and internet services for your home and business. 1-800-SOCKET-3 or visit socket.net. Also by Raceline. With over 30 years of turnkey project execution, Raceline is an industry leader in engineering, manufacturing, and installation of modular process systems. Welcome to Inside Mizzou Athletics, presented by Shelter Insurance. Find an agent for your auto, home, and life at shelterinsurance.com. Hello and welcome back to Truman's Pond, presented by Shelter Insurance, the Mizzou Swim and Dive podcast. I'm your host and associate head coach with Mizzou, Al Caden. With me as always, my co-host, our volunteer assistant, Noah Mitchell. Noah, how's it going today? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Was up a little bit early this morning to do Jan's makeup workout, but he crushed it in That's, a uh, warm Jan diving well. Getting ready to go to NCAAs, for those that don't know. Did a little bit of pace work with his fly. He was hitting some pretty quick times at the end. I was very impressed. And then I'm enjoying the weather. I know maybe not everyone else is. But Noah's enjoying the cold and rainy. It's about That's 40 degrees and pouring rain. That's not that cold. Is that is that how you feel in your soul, too? Is that why you're enjoying it? <laughs> 
Lakes of Wisconsin blood. <laughs> it's northern like Midwest. Michigan winters tamed me. <laughs> so you're hearing her uh, jump in before she's introduced. She's Sorry. jumping the gun, but I guess we'll go ahead and introduce our guest for today. Uh, we have another wonderful guest, as always. She's one of our senior leaders on the team, an All-American, uh, getting right ahead with the squad to NCAAs in a couple days now. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome Alex Madursky to the podcast. Alex, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, my dad's welcome, been welcome. bugging me to be on it. So I got to say, your parents are probably our biggest fans. So shout out to the Madurskis. Thank <laughs> yes. you for listening. We appreciate your support. <laughs> so let's let's jump right into NCAA's. It's a, a big meet, exciting meet. Uh, this will be your third time going. Yeah. And uh, uh, I guess we had one canceled. So mm-hmm. you know that's every year essentially. Um, what have you learned from the first couple of trips? Um. I've learned a lot. I think the most is just taking everything in. Like, not a lot of athletes can say they've been to NCAAs, especially at the Division One level. So I think just taking in the moment. Um, I can say we haven't had the normal experience, I think. Um, my freshman year was canceled, mm-hmm. and my sophomore year was COVID, so there were no spectators, and only the people swimming were allowed on deck. Let's let's talk about that for a second. So <laughs> we're pretty lucky to actually have that meet, because that was like, yeah. as competitions were getting going, like people at that point, I remember, because I didn't go to the women's that year, I only went to the men's, because we could only have three coaches go, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't flown in over a year. It had been over a year. It had been like yeah. 13 months since I'd been on a plane. So, like, literally just going to the airport was very surreal. And everyone at the airport was standing, you know, 10 <laughs> feet apart mm-hmm. with masks on, and it was, like, kind of the first step back to normalcy. But, like you are saying, you weren't allowed to go to the pool unless you're actually competing in that yeah. session, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, after the two free relay, uh, Jane was on FaceTime at the hotel yeah. congratulating us, and um, only two coaches were allowed on deck. So one of our coaches was in, was in the stands, and yeah. Yeah, so if you weren't swinging, you had to watch on the webcast at the hotel, right? Yeah. And then... And there was a tornado, too. <laughs> yeah, night. I forgot about that. That delayed... Yeah. Was that the first night? Yeah. So yeah. this is like, you know, one of the first big meets back. You're getting ready <laughs> yes. to swim. And then all of a sudden, what happens? A tornado, and you have to go in the in the shelter? Yeah, in the locker room. There was just all of us sitting in the locker room. And we were like, of course, this is happening right now. Of course. <laughs> so, the, I mean, and, and think about this, like, this is... You know, height of, of returning from COVID, so everyone's still a little scared, right? No mm-hmm. one wants to stand. You're like, you're not supposed to go near anyone, especially not a stranger. Yeah. And you're taking all these precautions, and then a tornado happens, and like everyone in the locker room, yeah, exactly, <laughs> go, go huddle together, yeah. Um, and so that's how you got to start off your first NCAA experience, yeah? Yep, yeah, the tornado in the locker room. So, <laughs> and, um, and then to everyone happened on the relay. Uh, we got fourth. Yeah. And I think, I don't even know what we were ranked. I think we were 11th or 10th. Mm-hmm. And then we swam really well. And we were watching the heat after us. And I just remember they finished and we just all started screaming as loud as we could. And I that's probably one of my favorite moments in my swimming career. So, it's so pretty cool. It, it, is, it is a change, too, because they've changed the relays to time finals, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to be there with your teammates, you know, together, seeing where you're going to place and realizing you're getting fourth. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a different experience than back when it was prelims and finals where you would have been in that heat racing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what so what what was it like going into that first NCAA race? Like what were you thinking about? Oh my gosh! Um, in the ready room, Amy and I were freaking out. That's uh, Amy Federson. Amy Federson and I were freaking out, and Megan, Kyle, and Sarah Thompson were just sitting there, completely chill, because so this is like an everyday thing to them. Yeah. And um, I just remember we got behind the block and we all looked at each other and we're like, we have to do it. Like, we have to do it for ourselves and for the team. And then we all did really well. And it happened, so... <laughs> you had to do it and you did it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty simple. Exactly. <laughs> had to get in and out of the pool before the next tornado. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's. I mean, it is a much different atmosphere and environment from even SECs. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, a lot different than you know nationals in the summer or any other meets. What what in your mind sets this meet apart from the other competitions that you've been uh, involved in? Um, I think it's the small group of people. Uh, SECs is combined, so there's men and women, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, so, so I think just having like eight girls all together. Just to explain to everyone, you're allowed to bring 22 men and 22 women to the SEC Championships. So we're, we're traveling with a squad of 44 athletes. Uh, we've got coaches. We've got trainers. We've got this year our mm-hmm. dietitian came with us, um, massage therapists, two massage therapists. <laughs> so, like, we've got a huge travel party. Yeah. But with NCAAs, I mean, it is fun. It's a lot of fun to have the whole crew with us. Yeah. Uh, conversely, you have to qualify for NCAAs, and, mm-hmm. you know, typically we're, we've been – pretty good about qualifying I think you know anywhere from 8 to 12 athletes going the last few years so still a sizable squad but but definitely not nothing compared to the 50 plus people we're bringing to SECs exactly um so yeah I think it's a fun like little group and it's a way um to get to know each other better I think too we're together all the time and there's only like eight of us so so you're creating some pretty good bonds with that crew that you get to go with exactly yeah what are you saying or, or what are you planning to say to the first timers going this year? Um, control the controllables. I think that's it's cheesy, but uh, we hear Coach Grievers say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just about every day. So I'm glad I'm glad that one stuck with you because um, I think I think when he listens to this he'll be happy to hear he'll he'll think to himself, she at least listened to me one time. Yeah. One time. <laughs> one time. I, I think it's true though. Um like even last year with the whole uh transgender controversy, um, there were like protesters and the news was there and that's not really something that's normal for swimming. Mm-hmm. To have um, to have all that attention from not just the swimming community because there's a lot of attention from the swimming community yeah on you guys but this had you know the attention of the whole country basically yeah so um i think it's control what you can control and enjoy it you know you never know when it's going to be the last thing you do so that's so cheesy but it's true it's yeah it's very true i mean it could be it could be especially we learned with covid right like exactly that was pretty abruptly taken away i think when everything was shut down you guys were getting ready to leave the next day. We were getting ready to travel like yeah. the next day to, to NCAA's, and we mm-hmm. were looking at, okay, can we take a bus? Can we drive? Yeah. Can we can we get there somehow? Um, so going back to SECs was a bit, I mean, an overall very successful meet, mm-hmm. a bit of an up-and-down meet. Uh, we did not qualify our relays, Yeah. so we had yeah. to get ready again to qualify them at our, our last chance meet, our NCAA qualifier meet that we hosted here the week later. And... Uh, what so what was the mindset coming out of SECs? I think for me as a senior that like this last chance meet could be the end of my career like my whole swimming career. Um 
So I think it was more of a let's just see what happens and I'll be happy either way but obviously going to NCAAs one last time would be fun so I think that was the mindset I had going into so it. So were you feeling any pressure to get those those times those reels in or were you just like now let's send it and see what happens? Um, there was some pressure uh, especially uh, Meredith Reese is my roommate so she she was saying how she didn't want to go alone because she was the only one that was qualified. Mm-hmm. She had qualified individually already. Yeah. And, and well um, we didn't know it at the time but Marlene and Katrina had also qualified Mm -hmm. and uh, Taylor is first alternate so there's still a chance that Taylor gets pulled in (laughs) yeah Uh, we don't want to wish ill upon anyone but if anyone pulls out for illness or injury Taylor's in Mm -hmm. Um, but at the time it was looking like Meredith potentially would be the only one qualified yeah um, and I'm always the one that rooms with her during meets and she was just like I don't want to be alone like you have to do something <laughs> so, I need a roommate <laughs> you know but she knows I love pressure like I'm the kind of person that I like pressure in that situation like I always do better when I'm nervous my mom will always say if I look like I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna do well <laughs> so and I mean you did step up huge in the pressure situation so you anchored our two medley relay now everyone swam quite well mm-hmm. um and we got to the point where we needed you to go i think 21 9 when you were coming yeah. in you were 21 7 which was your best split of the season at yep. the point when we needed it most so i guess talk us talk us through the the 200 medley relay at last chance and, and what's going through your mind in, in that race um so the morning we didn't get it that's correct. We, um, ju- we had just missed it again. Yeah. We missed it by point four, I think. Maybe more. I don't know. But so at night, we were all talking about it, and we were saying we have to get it now because you know, there's only so many times that you can try. So um, Meredith went off, and Wait, so she— Just take us back to that conversation. So oh, you're in the okay. locker room. You're in, you're at home. like. Um, it was like a little bit of texting, a little bit in the locker room, you know, all of us saying, we have to do this. Like, we want to do this. We all had like a little barrier we wanted to break. So we kept telling each other, like, let's break the barrier. Like Meredith wanted to break 24, Marlene 20, 26, Seven. 27, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taylor 24, and then me 22. Like we all had a barrier we wanted mm-hmm. to break. And so before it, we were like, all right, okay, let's break this barrier. Let's do it. And let's get the cut. So was one of you taking the lead in this conversation and kind of revving them up? Or, or was it kind of like a group like? It was a group thing, I think. Um, so we get to the, the time. <laughs> and Meredith goes and goes to 24-0. And that's what she needed to do. So we're like, okay, we're on. Like, it's time to go. And are you So when you're, when you're on the relay, and as a freestyle, you're anchoring the medley relays, are you watching the clock? Yes. Or are you you're just kind of zoning in? So you're, you're paying attention to I'm a scoreboard to watcher. You're a scoreboard watcher. Yes. Okay. Um, so I look up, 24-0. I'm like, great. Okay. Um, and then Malene goes, does even better than this mor- or the morning. The morning, yeah. And um, I'm just sitting there and, like, freaking out a little bit. I was like, if I don't do this, everyone's going to hate me. Like, so <laughs> as you see how well your teammates are doing, the pressure is building. Yes. Which is what you want because that's where you thrive. Exactly. Um, and so Taylor goes, and she looks great as I'm watching her come in. And so I just swing. And a 50, like, everything has to be perfect, as you know. Um so it's kind of you just black out and go and just hope for the best. Uh-huh. And then, so you're, you're just in the zone. You're not thinking about anything when you're doing the 50. Yeah. Um, then I hit my wall and I 
kicked off of the wall. My underwaters felt great, and I'm not really an underwater specialist, so. <laughs> um, Might be a little understatement there. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you could be. But, we were. Um, yeah, and then I finished. I asked for it during kick sets. <laughs> no. <laughs> she adamantly refused. <laughs> but um, I finished, and the best feeling is just hearing everyone scream. Like in the morning, you know, when everyone's just clapping, and you can just you just know. That little like, soft clap was like, a nice yeah, job. We yeah. missed it, but nice job. Yeah. So just hearing the whole team scream and, like, looking over and seeing all the coaches jumping up and down and everyone hugging each other. I think that was the craziest I've seen Andrew go. Yeah, yeah. Going nuts. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think that's one of my favorite moments in my swimming career. Looking last over chance. and just seeing the team after the last chance. Yeah, and just going back to you, you know, turning your brain off in the race. One of the things that we are are really big in our training on is. Uh, training with our race details, right? We talk, we call it race details, 50 details, 100 mm-hmm. details. So, you know, we're forcing you to do your stroke counts, do your kick counts, do your turns. I know uh, Andrew calls them Tiger 25s. You guys did a lot of 25s where you're yeah. working turn to turn, right, so that you nail – uh, all those things, all those little details, so you know exactly, okay, I'm going to take this many strokes, I'm going to take this many kicks, and a 50, I'm going to take zero breaths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then when you get to the race, you can do that. You can turn your brain off, and it's just automatic. You can just, you know, get in your flow state and, and go. Exactly, yep. So what, how did that build? Because then after we got the 200 medley relay, mm-hmm. we got the 200 free relay, and we got, uh, we'll get to the 400 free relay next, but uh, how did that build into getting those other relays qualified uh i think personally for me uh when i went a 21 7 it was like a big relief i was hitting 22 o's consistently over and over and over again and my sophomore year i went a 21 7 on that ncaa relay so it was kind of nice to see oh i'm like back to where i want to be back to your lifetime um, best and i think that that energy from the two medley just went over everyone I think the whole team we were all super excited about it and it just carried over to every single other race so then we were trying to qualify our 400 free relay (laughs) and I don't want to minimize because we had a lot of great races yeah uh, going throughout the weekend a lot of people were just throwing down best times and and it was a a pretty fun weekend Um, but we had two ways to qualify that 400 free relay you can either add up your four fastest times and they'd be under the cut or you can just do the relay and they're under the cut because your your time with the relay swing does not count uh, as an actual time. For mm-hmm. those people listening that don't really know about swing, you have to be from a, they call it a flat start versus a relay swing. So you were leading off, and if you, you had to drop 17 100s, I think, yeah. and that qualified our relay via the add-up time. And if you didn't, then we still had the chance of our three teammates going after you. Mm-hmm. So talk us through that relay, too. Uh, so before the relay, we kept going back and forth of having Molly lead off or I should lead off. And I wanted to give Molly that opportunity because she was so close to qualifying individually. And as She's a fifth year, she obviously close, yeah. wanted to qualify individually. So I let I gave it to her. I was like, you get to pick, do whatever you want. And she decided that I should go first because then we have two opportunities instead of one to get the relay. And she said that she had opportunities to get the time she wanted and it just didn't happen, which happens. Um, so that, again, was a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, but Andrew came up to me before and, and just told me just to swim. 
Um, I'm the kind of person, if I think while I swim, it's not going to go well. I just kind of have to shut it off. And like you said, we've been practicing details a lot. Um, Trust in the training. Exactly. So I dove in, and I felt great first 50. And um, it felt like close to my best time last time I did it, which was 49.16, and I went to 49.17. So <laughs> That's close to your best time, for exactly. sure. But it was it was significantly faster than you'd been this season. Yeah. Which is what, again, was able to allow us to qualify that, really. Exactly. I think it's just the pressure. I love it. For you some just, reason. You want that spotlight. Yeah, exactly. All about me. All about, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> gotta be all about Alex all the time. That's, yeah. what, that's what we need. Uh, so preview NCAAs for us a little bit. What what are you looking forward to? Um, what what should the fans expect? You know, who who should we watch? What's what's, um, what's going to happen here? I don't know. Like NCAAs is so crazy to me. So many different things happen, even outside of Mizzou. Just like other athletes as well, they do crazy swims. Um, I think for our team. Meredith Reese, obviously, she's going to do some crazy things as her last swims. Um, and so, Katrina so and Maline, all the individuals. Mer- so our current individual qualifiers, we have Meredith. She'll be doing uh, – she's entered in the 2IM, 100-back, 200-back. Uh, we have uh, – so she, I believe, is 12th or 13th in the 100-back, so she's seated in the top 16, which is mm-hmm. exciting. Um, Katrina and Maline are both entered in the 100 and 200 breast. And Taylor Williams, who I mentioned before, is first alternate, so there's a, a, a chance she gets pulled in and gets yeah. to do the 100 and 200 fly. Um, but she'll be part of our relays if not. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big chunk of us that are seniors and fifth years, so I think we're all just going to go lights out, hopefully. I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood. Um, but that's the plan, anyway. I I don't really have like any specific things other than... Is there a, a specific race you're most looking forward to? Uh, the 2IM. The 2IM. I just want to watch it, you know. As a fan. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, you know. <laughs> There's so many Olympians there, I just, like, I get butterflies when I see them. I'm like, you don't know me, but I know everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> Coming off like a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. It's cool to see Olympians. Like, how many people can say that they've seen, like, 20 Olympians in one place? Not a lot. Unless you go to, like, the Grand Prix. Okay. (laughs) So I I do feel the need to mention that this is something that we actively try to talk you out of, is uh, fanning out, because we are there to (laughs) compete against these people, and we do believe we can beat them, and we we have had Olympians on our own team. Yeah. uh, And it's likely that we will have Olympians, um, whether they're from the United States or, you know, other countries in the next cycle. We have have several Olympic hopefuls, so... We're not just there to be fans, right, Alex? I know, I know. I have to reprimand you in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, my roommates asked me the same question. They were like, so when you're at SECs, like, do you, like, fan out a little? Because, like, I, I was a big fan nerd as well. I spent for close to five to six years straight an average of an hour a day watching video or film of 
athletes. I have a t-shirt from when I was 12 that has like Cullen Jones on it, Brendan <laughs> Hansen, uh, Rebecca Sony. I on the love, same t-shirt? Yeah, no. <laughs> what kind on, of t-shirt is this? Uh, we went to a Grand Prix like my team did with a bunch of young kids and it, here's my claim to fame. Well, they signed it? Or they oh, yeah. like, oh, I thought you meant like, it was their picture. Like, no, 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 no. no. Oh, like, yeah, I, I thought like, it was picture. No, no, no. We, we, all, like, we all chose some stuff so my brothers have caps with all of it, the writing on it. I chose a shirt and so it's just hanging in my closet but my claim to fame is one of the girls in our little group asked like just one of the college swimmers at the time like hey uh I think you're cute would you sign my shirt and like all of his friends were making fun of him but all the rest of us went over because we were super young we were like yeah sign our shirts I was watching the I think it was the 2017 winter like junior meet or the winter national meet and they said someone's name and I was like that sounds familiar I have Nick Fink <gasps> sign on that shirt for when he was in college that's like, awesome <laughs> during that time I was like oh that's pretty interesting there you go but they asked me they're like do you fangirl out of it I was like at this point no, because I'm just like, that's another person, like, in my job, we have to take down, right? Like, I'm supposed exactly. to make my athletes better than them. So I just watch for where they're weak in their races. I mean, I can still, I could still enjoy <laughs> the race. That, that, just took a, that just took a turn, like. Yeah, where can I get it? Normally, you know, the horse that and now he's just. Edge. <laughs> I don't know, like, watching fast swimming is so cool. It is yeah. fun, and, and I, I, the aspect that we need to learn from all these people and learn from our competitors and see what they're doing well and what can we adopt and how can we grow and, and you know, what edge can we find, uh, definitely. But, but there, there is a fine line there, I believe, between, uh, you know, being there as a fan and a competitor, right? Yeah. So you want to enjoy the sport and, and show your passion for the sport, for sure, and get excited about great racing. Um, but then you also need to believe that you're there to beat these people. Yeah. I mean, we're all equal. We're all there. Exactly. So it's anyone's game, you know. So you mentioned that uh, getting fourth place in the tuner free, really. Mm -hmm. What what other accomplishments? Like, what are the most, what's the most thing? What? Jeez, I'm, I'm blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I'm just, that isn't my uh, primary job. Uh, what accomplishments at Mizzou are you most proud of? There we go. Oh, boy. Um... I think just the little accomplishments. Like, when I first came in as a freshman, I couldn't make a single underwater. Fun fact. Like, my club team never did underwater. So when I first came here, um, and they were like, okay, uh, eight, uh, eight twenty-fives underwater. I'm like, oh. I was like, wait, like, the whole way? No breath? <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Um, so I think just little things like that. And obviously getting best times is cool and but I think it's just practices every day the little things that add up to those big moments are the biggest accomplishments that you can so looking at the growth you've had over four years exactly and I think not even in the pool like outside of the pool too um just as a person you know that, so. that full experience. Yeah, right? exactly. The college experience, as Have, people would having say. like a family with you too through the whole experience. I think that's yeah. something that not necessarily gets glossed over, but it definitely doesn't get talked about as much as like swimming provides you with a family from day one. Yeah. That then. Like this family that we have here, you're allowed to be yourself. Like, there's some whatever weird people. <laughs> I wouldn't say weird, but like you, you just have your personalities well, and they all <laughs> together. No, in a good way. I yeah, mean, I love, in a good way. I love seeing the interesting personality. That's part of why I love coaching because I get to meet so many unique people, and I want those personalities to shine through. Yeah. And but you are correct. Like you, you show up on campus day one, and you have this group of people that 
is going to be your your best friend. Mm-hmm. I think were you the one saying that yeah. that you're trusting us as coaches to to recruit your friends, like the ones that are are going to be oh. your best friends, um, your roommates. <laughs> yeah, my roommates, my friends, you know, all of that. But it's it's uh, a safety net. It's a, a group that you can belong to, and it's it's people that you share a lot of. I don't know if hardship is the right word, but you 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 attempt a lot of challenging things together, right? And I think when you when you have those people you're very close with that you you try to do very difficult things together, it really creates tight bonds. And I know you know at my wedding, my groomsmen were all people that I met pretty much through swimming, yeah, right in college. So it's it's for life. Exactly. What do you think about has uh, what do you think has been the most difficult part of swimming in college? The mental aspect of it. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that we're actually alone all the like most of the time. Like we get the ten seconds on the wall to say hey to our friends, but most of the time we're just in our own heads, staring at that black line for hours. Um, you get so a lot I of think, time with yourself. Yeah, so it's a lot of self-growth, I would say, throughout the years. Um, you learn a lot about yourself in college. And, like, I remember my freshman year, I wouldn't do anything by myself because I was so scared to, like, do the wrong thing. And now it's it's not like I don't care now, but <laughs> I've just, like, grown to, like, it's okay to make mistakes. You're it's not okay. worried about messing up or making yeah. mistakes. Exactly. It is a fascinating time because, like, I've been thinking about it a lot, too, because, like, I'm a recent graduate, right? I'm like, what would I, like, say to my friends? Because, like, my brother's in college now. I'm like, hmm, I'm not the same person I was, like, even a year ago. So, like, picturing where I was four years ago at, like, the start of your college, you're like, dang, I really changed a lot. But, like, it doesn't feel like it because it's just a natural progression. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't stop. I mean, it I'm, doesn't stop. I'm 36 now. I'm picturing where I was four years ago, you know, before I came to Mizzou. I'm, a, you know, a bit of a different person as well. You just, it never stops. Yeah. You don't really, really you, may, you might have the most growth in your four years in college, but, you know, then you have kids and <laughs> then you're forced to grow in, in a way really that, that, you need, that you didn't think we're capable of. <laughs> Do you have any, any memories of favorite practices or hardest practices? I guess let's start with favorite practices. What, what type of training do you enjoy the most? Um, I like stuff off the blocks. Yeah, you like That's sprinter. I, I like to do stuff Spoken off the like blocks. like a pure sprinter. Yep. Um... That's also just because I like my start and I like how much power I have off of my start, not to brag or anything. You can but, brag, it's okay. Uh, you can take pride in that <laughs> thing. That you, um, you put a lot of work remember, into Remember, it's your all start. about Alex, yeah. right? It's yeah, all about Alex. Exactly. So, um, yeah, definitely anything off the block, 25s, anything short and fast, you know, that's my go to. So, when we're doing um, like Saturday dive sets, like six 100s them. on eight minutes, something like that. Yeah, That's a lot it. of rest in between, you know. It's right up my alley. Um, difficult? There's this one that we did this year that Andrew, it was a Wednesday morning, and we did 25s on 15, like 14 in a row on 15, or something crazy. There was a lot on 15 seconds. And I just remember I wasn't making any of them. Like, I was touch and go the whole time. 
and that was probably the most difficult set I've ever done. And every single time someone like gives me a hard set, I'm like, you know what? At least it's not that 25 set <laughs> on 15 seconds. Um, but that became your benchmark for uh, yes. for pain. Yes, um, <laughs> so underwaters talk, too. And anytime you know? we do underwaters, which quite frequently. Yeah. Recently, yeah. <laughs> talk about Wednesday. So let's go back to that Wednesday set because Wednesday mornings is uh, typically, well, for the first half of the season, is a big performance set, right? Mm-hmm. Where we do a lot of times the whole team together. Um, we're doing fast stuff, best average stuff, um, sometimes sprinting stuff. You guys as in the sprint group, the second half of the season, we're going off the blocks pretty much every Wednesday morning. Then it got a little bit more specific as we broke it up by uh, events like backstroke, sprint free, mm-hmm. you know, strokes. Um, talk a bit about your memories of Wednesday mornings and, and what we accomplished there? <clears throat> Wednesday mornings. You know, I go back and forth with Wednesday mornings. I really like Wednesday mornings. They're very mentally challenging, I think, because we do double-double, and then we have that morning, too. So the way our schedule is working is we do doubles on Monday and Tuesday, then just one practice Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon off, Thursday morning off. Thursday afternoon practice again. So I call it the midweekend. Yeah. It's like a, a day and a half, even though we don't we don't have a day off at all. It's it's you know th- almost thirty hours between practices there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're very challenging, but also like in the back of our head, we we're like we have that time to recover after, like we have that midweekend. So you can put that little extra because you last might have one, a break. last one, exactly. You know, <laughs> the last uh, set mentality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I don't know if that's like a great mentality to have, but like for me personally, that was kind of the thing that um, I focused on. Like, if I was struggling mentally, I'm like, this isn't the, like the end of my life. Like, I need to relax. You know? <laughs> You're gonna be here in a couple yeah. hours. You're gonna have the rest of your day, yeah. and and you'll be fine. Yeah, but I think it's also good to swim when you're sore. You know. Um, like, I, I think, because Tuesday morning we always do kick sets um, for, like, an hour. Long kick sets. Tuesday mornings are long yeah. kick day. <laughs> so for me especially, my legs are pretty sore Wednesday morning. Um, but I think that's the training you need, you know, to be successful. Yeah, so. and it's, I mean, it's by design because SECs is a four-and-a-half-day meet. Exactly. That's a long meet. Um, so we have to be good. At day three and day four, we have to get up in the morning and and do our job in prelims so we can make it to finals at the end of the meet, which is very difficult. So putting that performance practice on the back of, you know, two days of doubles is kind of mimicking uh, what you're going to experience at the SEC championship. So we designed it that way. Uh, And then, you know, in order to have the best adaptations, you got to put yourself at a deficit, right? So part of it is doing that performance at a deficit after two hard days of training. Yeah. To help your body adapt and grow and then giving you that break to help you a little bit mentally yeah. and, and invest. So a lot of what you're describing is intentional from us when we set up the schedule. I think Wednesdays are also fun because we're all together most of the time. And like at the beginning of the week, we're usually in our groups, like sprint mid distance. So I think it's kind of fun for all of us to come together and Do scream at each other. Get to race people that you might not get to race and practice yeah. on another day. Exactly. So, what uh, what are some of your interests outside of swimming? Let's get to know Alex for a minute. Uh, 
Recently, I've been really into Legos. Legos? Yeah. Like I, I didn't expect that one. It's No, it's insane. Like, I've been obsessed. It's kind of What have you been scary. building? So, I built the tiger, of course, you know, Mizzou tigers. There's a Mizzou tiger Lego set? Well, there's, like, a tiger. Oh, it's but, a tiger. Okay, you know, I thought you meant there was, like, a fish. That would be cool. That would be pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need so. to, to reach out and <laughs> cut some deals here. <laughs> you could do, like, all the athletic facilities, yeah, like, the stadium. The, yeah, there we go. Maybe you should reach out to Lego and get Maybe your NIL should, deal going. You know, give them that idea. Um... And then the Vespa, you know, mm-hmm. and the flower bouquets. How big are these that you're building? They're pr- they're pretty big. I I don't know, probably, I don't know, like decent yeah, so size. And then so I was on this the phone. Is, remember, this is mainly an audio. Uh, I know. Yeah. I was like trying to describe <laughs> it. But you I, hold your hands like that. People I'm have like, no I idea know. what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> this big. Yeah, this big. Like, look, look, look here. They're like, yeah, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> so I was on the phone with my mom and my brother and my dad the other day. And we were talking about Legos and my brother's also like super nerdy. So we're talking about it. And then all of a sudden my mom is like, don't worry, guys, I'm shipping you some Legos. Oh, that's a, <laughs> an excellent mom thing to do, exactly. right? She hears you're yes. interested in something and immediately it. sends a care package. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so what are you working on right now? Do you have one in the works? The bonsai tree that my mom bought is coming today. Nice. So it should be at home after practice. Mm. Um, what else do I like to do? Reading. I've been really into reading. I like psychological thrillers. Did you guys have a little book club going around? No, it's they like rom com books uh, and those just aren't for me, you know. I don't like the cheesy I like the murder. Taylor had like, me hold one like during her practice and I like read the back and I was like <laughs> This is what you guys are reading. So there's there's what four or five women on the team that are passing. They share books and yeah. pass books around. Yeah. So I like murder mysteries. Like, like Agatha Christie, like classic murder mysteries, or more. No, I like. Um, like the like, girl I on the train. Yeah, like stuff like that. Stuff that just <laughs> like at the end you just sit there. <laughs> Mouth agape, yeah. My mom loves those. My Kindle is filled with them right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the new TV show, You, the new season oh. just came out. So I've been watching that. The new episodes just came out today. Oh, nice. So March is that, 9th. <laughs> is that going to be your travel? Is that what we're going to watch on the uh, on the way to NCAA's? Uh, well, I've already watched three episodes. <laughs> three episodes. <today. laughs> it's only noon. So. <laughs> That's what she does with the morning off. You get yep. the morning off. We watch binge watching three Netflix. hours of you. No, yeah. So, oops, but I stopped that show after season two. So really? where? So, I guess getting back to you, you're from Wisconsin, from the Madison area. Where, so is Noah. So is Noah. All right, we'll, we'll have to see. So if be you guys, careful. We'll what have to you see say. if you guys will, will fight about this. Where do you get the best cheese curds? Culver's. I. W- Molly told me about this question because she's like, oh, she's going to immediately answer Culver's. Well, like, well, our yeah, Culver's, Culver's, they're fried though, right? Like, okay, hear I'm me I'm talking out. about like... Cheese curds, if they don't squeak. That's how you know they're you good. Put, right? Yeah. They squeak when you bite on them. So, I don't I don't really have like an exact place, I would say. No, mm. there's no go-to. Um, do you know the Irish Snug Pub that's no. over there in some prairie? No. Like right next to the main highway? They got some good cheese curds. I'll shout them out. But Col- Culver's, out. <laughs> Culver's is great if you just need to stop by yeah. someplace. I do it's enjoy true. So my, my brother-in-law used to live 
in Monroe, Wisconsin, which isn't too far from Madison. Mm-hmm. And they had this place called the Alpendel that we'd always stop at. For <laughs> it was just like a, a cheese shop. <laughs> and he Jeez. actually he owned a dairy farm that they uh, sold their milk to a cheese co-op. Um, That's so, kind of cool. Yeah, so they would, uh, you know provide the milk to make the cheese but yeah. but the alpendel is always you ever get go care for packages <laughs> no <laughs> but we do go so my my in-laws own a farm a dairy farm in central Illinois. so he moved back there and it's fun to take the kids back to the farm and <laughs> let them see the cows and last time we were there no one got to milk a cow for the first time oh, and that's that so like cute that was pretty awesome he loved that, that you like great. let them suck on your thumb have you ever done that with cows no, I have not. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> you want to uh, elaborate That's there? so awkward. Um, so I used to live in Iowa, fun fact about me. Um, and my friends lived on a farm, and we'd always go out there. And, like, instead of feeding them, I would just, like, stick, my stick your thumb in their face. Yeah. So you were yeah. probably, what, 10, 11, just no, sticking your I thumb was, in like, a cow's mouth? seven. No. <laughs> I can see little Alex just walking up, <laughs> jamming her thumb in a cow's. Alex was not invited back to the farm. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you had to move, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. Seriously. All right, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh gosh. Okay. What's next year? You have your fifth year. Uh huh. If you want it, will we see you at Mizzou next year? I don't know. Um. So right now. I'm in the grad school process, you know, best thing ever. So t- um, I guess to explain what, what you majored in okay. and, and what you're looking for for your grad program. So I majored in psychology in hopes of doing counseling psychology. So ideally I want to be a therapist, you know, get the drama, talk about people's problems. <laughs> Do you want to work with adults, children? Um, ideally like college age students. Yeah. I want to... Um, I think I want to get back into athletics. You like know? sports psychology? Yeah, so something like that. Um, but I'm going the counseling route instead of sports psych because then I have more options, you know? Right. Um, so I applied to three schools. One is Mizzou. You don't need to name the other two. I know, I won't. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm just, I'm waiting. It's a waiting and game. So what, what, what kind of grade, is it like a master's in mm-hmm. clinical psychology or what is the, the degree uh, that you're working towards? It's that? a master's in counseling with an emphasis in mental health, clinical mental health. Very cool. So, and is that typically yeah. one year, two years? Like, what what do you look at? Uh, it depends. Uh, usually two years, but it can get up to like two and a half, three years, depending on the program. Yeah. Um, so I have gone back and forth about my fifth year, as I told you yesterday. We're working so. on her. We're trying to get her back. There's, yeah. So. I imagine with I a, a program like that, though, it's not as easy as like just stick around for a year right those are yeah uh, selective programs to get into and mm-hmm. and i think grad school is hard to get into in general you know so we'll see i i'm just waiting to hear when when do you find out those uh if you're in or not um one of them is this week so i should hear soon that's exciting um and then the other two 
One of them I got accepted for an interview. Oh, okay. Another one I haven't heard back yet. So. So it's it's rolling along. Yeah, kind of scary, but I don't know, like a big girl job, you know. I have to get a job. And you going into the real do world. Stuff during your day. And yeah. Not watch. You can't. You can't wake up <laughs> yeah, and watch three episodes of You in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, my I mean, mom. I guess you could. You won't have some practice, so you could get up at like five and That's watch You saying. instead of coming yeah. to pool. Yeah. <laughs> now you're giving her reasons why not to do a fifth year. Yeah. Well, my mom was saying she's like, if you're not swimming, you're getting a job. So I'm like, you know, I guess I still have that fifth year. <laughs> yeah. I think your mom. Your mom. Your mom knows what buttons to push, right, to keep exactly. you around for us. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure your parents would love to see it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, so normally this is the time where we've been asking Chris, our uh, our no. illustrious distance coach, for some Chris questions. Although I, I did not, I, I dropped the ball, didn't ask him this time. So I went on ChatGPT and used AI to get our, our Chris questions. So Chris is the first casualty of AI taking our, over our jobs. He's been, he's been replaced. Um, all right, so here, these are courtesy of ChatGPT today, our conversation questions. Okay. Number one, if animals could talk... Which animal do you think would make the best conversation? Oh, my gosh. Um, first thing that comes to... You know what came to my mind first? Parrot. Which, <laughs> they can which is really sad. But, I mean, if a parrot could talk, but do you think it would be like, finally, finally, I don't have to just say what you say. I can say what I want. Um, Dolphins. Dolphins? Really? That's mine. Well, like, you want to ask him, like, what's out there? What's in the ocean? That would be fascinating as well. But I also feel like dolphins, like, for aquatic oh creatures, my. are the ones that are kind of the ones that just push all the drama. They're the ones that bully <laughs> sharks. They're the ones that, like, poke blowfish with their snouts so they can get high. They're the, like, they're the knuckleheads of the ocean. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> like, they just goof off. Out there making mischief. I would think, like, some kind of bird. Like as like a pigeon, they see, see that's everything. Why I a pigeon. <laughs> like a pigeon, like if you want the gossip, you're going to the pigeons, right? Because they they're gonna hear yeah. everything, they're gonna see just everything. What about just like a squirrel? A like squirrel. you know the crazy Mizzou squirrels on campus that'll like run up to you. Like they, they just will have no run up fear to you. of person. Yeah, it's so weird. But or the or the raccoons. Raccoons. They just talk about garbage, <laughs> how good it tastes. The ones in our neighborhood are crazy. They, like, destroy our trash if you put it out early. <laughs> like, it's terrifying. There was one time I was walking out of the freshman dorm at my college, and we had, like, two large trees in the front. And we were walking out for morning practice, like a pack of freshmen. And, like, one of them, one of the other guys turned around and goes, what the hell is that? And we all turned, and it was just big like eyes on the tree and it was just like <laughs> no fear what's just stared us down as we left the raccoons are fearless, fearless. <laughs> they're scary all right question two courtesy of chat gpt which conspiracy theory do you find the most entertaining and why noah <laughs> i feel like noah's gonna be yeah. deep into this i'm trying because like we my roommate situation there were four of us and we were all very like we worked well as a unit, but we all had very different leaning, like, ideologies. So one of them, like, believed, like, the moon landing was fake. Like, he, w he was totally bought in on it. So, like, I've heard all the theories. I'm just trying to go through which ones I actually believe. So so mine is uh, there's a big online movement that believes uh, just as she was getting famous, Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a lookalike. <laughs> and you can go down the rabbit what? hole. 
Do you know Avril Lavigne, right? My, my friends yes. were talking about that one today. Because <laughs> one of them was like, yeah, Avril Lavigne is... Uh, she's a fake. She's a fraud. Well, he was like, she's dating whoever now. And then my other friend was like, Tiger. isn't she dead? <laughs> and my dude was like, what? <laughs> like, they had, it was, that's just funny that you brought that up. Yep, they, there's like some kind of mole that's not there anymore. And, uh, of course, you know... You People can get mole moles removed. removed. Nope, you die and you get replaced. That's not what happens. Um, <laughs> so next time you see someone get a mole removed, that probably means they're dead and have been replaced. Mine would be if Helen Keller's real or not. Hel- what? Yeah, there's a lot of talk. <laughs> that she's not real? Yes. All right, pre- pre- present the evidence. And I don't know what <laughs> I think. Theory here. I can't, I don't know, I don't know. Evidence, please. Yeah, yeah I'd like, I want to know more about this one. Well, people are like, there's no way she wrote a book, and there's no way, like, she did all this stuff. People like they just, just don't believe that she could do the stuff? Yeah. So, that's the one that I, like, have heard of, like, consistently over the years. Like, this has gone on for years. Hmm. Man, who, who knew uh, ChatGPT would be so uh, thought-provoking so today? So engaging. Mine would be... Um, there's one that I heard that I just think is really interesting that, like, if you talk about cryptids and talk about, like, Sasquatch or Bigfoot, um, a large number of missing person cases are, like, if you had it on a map, they're very much in connection if you overlaid it with the underground system. So, like, a bunch of cave systems. Like, there's so much in cave systems that we don't know that people were like, oh, Bigfoot, like, there's a lot down there that we don't know. And I was like, that's an interesting. I think okay, it's interesting. So, so, Not that I'm saying I believe it, though. To, to, what? to summarize, <laughs> what you're saying is uh, people go missing around caves. So people assume that it's because Bigfoot is living in the cave, and no, not, not, not that, that the, not, not that the, the person went in the cave <laughs> and couldn't find their way out. It's Maybe no, no, no. It's just that if you look at be the distribution of the amount of people that go missing near those, not connecting to Bigfoot, they're just like there could be something that lives in cave systems that we wouldn't be able to detect very easily because there's we don't have anything that goes in there. That's more the connection piece. Like there's and just so much. It's, it's Bigfoot. It's not people getting lost that shouldn't have gone in the cave by themselves. Oh, I'm not saying that the <laughs> people's disappearances are connected to Bigfoot. I'm saying that the fact that there's so much in those specific that areas we don't know about. that we just don't know, and that there's whole systems connecting that like no one's explored. That's the connecting piece. I would not say Bigfoot caused hundreds of thousands of dis- disappearances. That's what it might sounded have. like. Ooh, you're, Actually, not saying, you're not saying he didn't, though. Never mind. I'm hearing. Hold up. If we're talking about cryptids, there's another one that I love where it's... um. Look what he, you started. It's Noah. not me. It's AI. <laughs> yeah, Chad GPT can, started this. That um, You know how the human perception, when it relates to like seeing something out of place, is very like... We're very good at picking up what doesn't seem to fit into a pattern. And a big one is people's facial features, right? That... If there's something off on someone's facial pattern, it throws us off completely, and it does a lot of terror in our natural instinct. So there's one cryptid theory that talks about skinwalkers, where they're like, the reason why we might have that as an evolutionary thing is because skinwalkers try to take the appearance of humans, can't mimic it exactly, so it does the voices instead. It was another interesting one. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. Do they live in caves? (laughs) Neither <laughs> was Sasquatch. Maybe, you gotta maybe ask him. Maybe the Sasquatches are the walkers first. Yeah. 
So people, I think, that listened in got a little bit more than they bargained for. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not what they expected today. Uh, but we are just about out of time, so I want to give a big thanks to Alex for, for joining us. Uh, Noah, do you have any final thoughts today? Hmm. I think today I'm kind of stumped. I talked myself into a hole quite yeah. literally. Watch out for skinwalkers. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from and caves because Bigfoot might get you. Yeah. I guess I guess that's where I'll end it. Uh, stay out of the forests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, another big shout out to Jake Johnson for engineering and putting this together for us. Thank you, Jake, as always. Yeah, Jake. And uh, we are heading to NCAAs in a few days. So hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks with a uh, NCAA wrap-up episode. Yeah. Until then, M-I-Z. This has been Inside Mizzou Athletics, brought to you by Shelter Insurance. Find an agent for your auto, home, and life at shelterinsurance.com. From Learfield.